Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. What it is, Duke City. Happy Thursday, y'all. Beautiful day out there in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610 D Sports Animal. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Cowell Banker Legacy Studio. For all your real estate needs, make sure you hit up John Lopez, John Lopez Real Estate, Coldwell Banker Legacy. He is the man, whether it's buying, selling, renting, being employed in the real estate industry, or any question you have, John Lopez is your dude. Welcome to a special Van and Friends episode of Two Men On here. Fred is on assignment in Colorado, and we don't have... The amazing Robert Buck D. Gibson until tomorrow when we are live from Hollow Spirits. So come check us out tomorrow at Hollow Spirits. We'll be there from 4 to 7, doing the show live and then hanging out, having some coldies right after that. We'll be giving away some Gladiators tickets. We'll be giving away some Isotopes tickets all tomorrow at Hollow Spirits. On the other side of the glass, Hey, Marie Castillo. Pulling <laughs> from the bullpen over here. What's happening, girl? Oh, happy to be back again this week. So thank you. Do you know when <laughs> female producer and also stand-up comedian day is? <laughs> Do you know what day that is every year? <laughs> what day? I, I, I'm not sure. I'm asking. <laughs> oh, right. I, I see where you're going with Cause, this. Cause you I'm know, actually just going to declare a day. I'm going to pick one. Just pick one. September 9th. Because uh, oh, That's a great day. That's my birthday. I'm writing this down. <laughs> that's oh, my birthday. You well, see what I did there? Don't double dip. Do Should it not like, double dip? Do it like six months apart so you Ooh, get two days. Um, let's go with January 5th. Jan 5. Okay. It gets pretty dark the next day. Oh, <laughs> I did not plan that. January sixth, well. Eve is <laughs> sure. It's comedian like and comedian humor. and producer day. Yeah. The reason I bring this up, I mentioned it earlier, a little behind the scenes. We did a little production meeting right before the show. Picked out what we're going to do. Uh, we got a lot of great guests today and a lot of great sports and sports adjacent topics to hit on. But Amory, you know that like every day is something something day, peach cobbler day. You know. Um, Nine-toed Hispanic Woman Day, whatever. Okay, today is Shark Awareness Day. Stop. I want to unpackage this for a second. Shark Awareness Day. Who doesn't know what a shark is? <laughs> I think they're trying to make more like awareness of how important sharks are to the environment because I think people fear them, Van. I was okay. reading up on it because I found it very interesting that every day has a national holiday. Everything does. Yeah. There, I, I went to the website. There's like a website. There's multiple things going on today, but shark awareness. Well, let's, I want to hear the rest of them. Let's unpack there's a, it. There's, there's a, do you want to hear the top ones? Let's, yeah, give me, hit me with the big hitters. National Nude Day. Nude? Yes. Okay, As in check. Nudist groups around the world celebrate National Nude Day by going on natural. Um, National Tape Measure Day. I'll be celebrating National Nude Day. <laughs> 
but it'll be in the comfort of the my, my own, own home. home. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, national uh, National Tape Measure Day. Tape measure. Because everyone, because everyone has one because they're universally useful. That's their little thing behind it. And then the other, it's National Mac and Cheese Day. The king of comfort foods and a favorite of all ages all over the country. And then Shark Awareness Day. Mac and cheese probably deserves it over all of them. Because that's a good way to shut up a kid. <laughs> totally. Like, no matter what mood they're in, they're like, oh, are you too excited? Are you about to bull in a china shop, my, my living room here? Have some mac and cheese. I, oh, I'm sorry that you just learned that Lassie dies. Have some mac and cheese. Okay, so I just love that these people, this committee, I want to call them, their mission is nothing beats a day of ce- celebration except 365 days of them. So they they have like a business. If you if we want to if we want to come up with the day, we can submit it. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to submit National Two Men on Day. <laughs> there putting, you go. Putting this on my list. You. Oh my gosh, that's we are so great. You can. Yep. Oh, you can make a lot of deals with them. Yesterday Ooh. we lobbied to have Van and Fred statues <laughs> oh, instead okay. of, of Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. Nothing surprises me more. If you want to take the financial element out of it. I believe that we've done more for the community than Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> they did infuse a lot of cash into the market, so good for them. I love how they have listed, you know how at the bottom of the website they list like, contact us, resources, our services. Um, you can either promote an event or submit a holiday. Or you can work with them if you'd like, if you're looking for a side hustle. And they want to make sure you know what the actual popular <laughs> holidays are. Can you look up when skinny, ginger, high-functioning alcoholic day is? Yeah. <laughs> or you could submit it. Okay, just start a new it's one? It's not on the popular holidays list, though. Okay, that does not seem very popular. It's not a popular thing to be, to be honest. Okay, so now that you unpackaged it, that sounds a little more reasonable. Like, okay, sharks are important for the environment. They they keep the circle of life going, you know, the, the, the food chain going, blah, blah, blah. They're going extinct. Maybe it should be possible shark extinction day. Yeah. I, this is the thing I don't like about this. It's like, it's kind of like the participation trophy thing. Like, so just like everything gets to be a holiday. Like what makes a holiday? From the texter, Van usually celebrates his nudity with tape measure. <laughs> makes sense. Is that Fred? <laughs> that is not Fred. That is friend Fred's of the show, love. Joel. Shout out to Joel. Because oh. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Okay, okay, anyways, that makes sense. Okay, if there's sharks somewhere in the world and they're being overfished or overhunted or it, it, the, the water temperature because climate change is killing their coral reef, blah, 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 I'm behind that. They help regulate the ocean, too. They help like maintain the ocean. Okay, this is making more sense. Just to let you know. Because you don't need awareness for sharks. Everyone knows what a shark is. Yeah, but like, also af- people are killing them. Yes. <laughs> and people are deathly afraid of them, which you have more chance to be struck by lightning than attacked by a shark. You have, you have more of a chance to die from a vending machine accident than killed <laughs> by a shark. I've never heard of a vending machine accident. There's but. like, it's like five and a half people die every year from vending machines, whether it's like electrocution or serious? the vending machine falling over or getting their arms stuck and no one can help them out and they die. More people die every year from vending machine accidents than shark attacks. 
So where's my where's my vending machine attack awareness day? That's another one we're going to submit. Two men on day and vending machine awareness attack day. Okay, I wrote both those down. That's why I was talking like that because I was writing it down. This is very I, – I didn't realize there were so many national days. I didn't know you could just submit it. Yeah, I thought there would be like a board. It's like people could have a podcast. It's just like you could have a holiday. Just submit it. Yes. Anyone okay. can have a holiday. On today's varsity, we're doing dumbest holidays. <laughs> varsity. Like made up ones or like actual ones that – I guess they all exist because who knew? So that's the thing about the varsity, A eh, Marie. It gets to be whatever you want it to be. I'm starting to catch on to that now. So that today's I nine varsity is the varsity of dumbest holidays. We'll hit that Boom. later in the show, maybe in the six o'clock hour. But we got a star studded show for you today, Albuquerque. Let me rattle off these stars of sport and radio and screen that we have on the program today. ProView Networks and Western New Mexico's Ed Nunez will be with us next, very next segment. Lobo legend and uh, general manager of the New Mexico TBT teams, Brandon Mason, will be here. Albuquerque Journal's Jeff Grammer will be joining us. Star of TV and radio, if you're a friend of the show, you know him already. Brandon Ortega will be with us in the 5 o'clock hour. Big win for the New Mexico United yesterday, so David Carl is going to talk about the match and what's happening next with New Mexico United. The best van in the business, and I can take no credit at being me, Van Tate will also join us later. ProView Networks and Voice of the Gladiators, Sebastian Noel, joins us in the 6 o'clock hour. And I'm excited for this one. We got a little reunion. Oh, yes. Old contributor to Two Men On, Izzy Gonzalez. And I was just connected with her this week, so this is very exciting. I was literally texting with her for the first time this morning. So you guys just keep surprising me with these guests when I come up from the bullpen on Two Men On. Izzy is insanely talented and knows everything NBA. She was at Summer League. We have, Yeah, she's at Summer League. Yeah, and we haven't talked in a long time, so I'm excited to have her on. We only have 15 minutes, so I don't think we can go into a lot of reminiscing, but we're going we're gonna to stick with NBA talk. And then at 6.45, right before the Isotopes try to start a new win streak, Voice of the Isotopes' Josh Sushan joins us. I mean, this is going to be great. Star-studded show. 505-246-0610. Hit us up on the Sports Animal text line. Not the hotline, because the phones will be plugged all day, 505-246-0610. Hit us up with your hot takes, or you can slip slide right into our Facebook live chat. You'll see my beautiful face today, as there is no Fred today. He is on assignment in the beautiful and historic Colorado Springs, Colorado, doing uh, some RMAC stuff, as he is a representative of... Highlands University up in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Stoked. we got a really great program for you today. Like I said, when we get back, Ed Nunez of ProView Networks and Western New Mexico University joins us. And we're going to talk some Cowboys. So get excited, NFL fan. Get excited, Dallas Cowboys fan. A lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan. And not really an apologist. 
Like he'll he'll tell it like it is. I I appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's you good. You don't hear that often from a cowboy fan. A cowboy fan or any sports fan. Period. We get that a lot on here. A lot on here. You're listening to Two Men On live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Cowell Banker Legacy Studio. As always, we are powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA, and we end our days at Hollow Spirits. And every weekend and every Isotopes game, we are sipping that watermelon walk-off by Teller Vodka, New Mexico's vodka. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Not necessarily a Two Men On today because there's only one man here and one woman behind the glass, A. Marie Castillo. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Pushing all the buttons, answering all the phones, and giving all the genius commentary as you you normally do. Did you do it? (laughs) Do you know how to do it? You want I, me to do it? Pr- yeah, you go for it. I'm going to try, okay? You do it. There we go. Special Van and Friends episode, and the first friend we have on today, friend of the show, friend in real life, Ed Nunez of Western New Mexico University and ProView Networks. What's happening, my guy? Hey, Van. Not, not too much. I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. You're always a great contributor, and we love what you do at Western and ProView and everything in the Albuquerque community. And beyond that, you are a number one OG old school Cowboys fan, and there's very few things that Albuquerque loves more than their Cowboys. So I want to dig into what you think of the upcoming season, and let's start with the running back situation. Pollard has proven himself to be the more explosive and dynamic running back, but they're paying Ezekiel Elliott all this money. Is it the injuries? Is it the effort? What is going on with Ezekiel Elliott, and why doesn't he have the production that he used to have? Well, I think it's it's a great question, but it's a very easy answer. To me, it's overuse. Uh, Someone posted a picture of him looking ripped and shredded, and that's not the case. I mean, that's not the uh, issue. He's. Uh, I don't think weight's been an issue for him for several seasons. But if you look at the carries he's had, he hasn't broken very many 20-yard carries as he used to with regularity, right? The volume chunk yards, the feed me uh, for every carry. You don't see that as much anymore. Uh, one tackler gets it down much easier than they used to. They used to run with power, run through people, run around people. They had the 2016 Divisional Playoff last week on the NFL Channel against Green Bay, and there was just a marked difference, right? I mean, you could tell. He ran with burst, with power, with speed, and all the carries that he had, it, it, uh, it's taken its toll on him. But, you know, on the other end of that, you mentioned uh, Pollard. He's not a three-down back yet, right? He's, he's not. Yeah. He doesn't pick up the blitzes. He's not a great blocker. He's a, you know, he's a change of pace back. And so I don't think uh, you'll see him be the starter over Ezekiel Elliott. And plus the, uh, the amount of salary that they're paying Elliott, he's not going to be on the bench. But it's it's reduced uh, production, right? A lot of people uh, claim 
it's the offensive line. And Connor Williams, he's gone, right? And Tyler Smith will move in there at left guard. Tyler Beattis, the center, wasn't much better. That part of the line was overwhelmed a lot. And, you know, you can blame some of that on the offensive line as far as run blocking. But as far as Zeke Elliott goes, man, I think everyone is seeing uh, limited returns since 2000, really 2017, 2018. He still has some decent seasons, but that 2016 season was very special. We haven't seen anything like that since. Staying on the offensive side of the ball, I am a big Dak Prescott apologist. I don't think he's going to ever be in the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes level, but I think he's a quarterback that can win a good football team, win a bunch of games. Do you think he has what it takes for the Cowboys to go to the next level? Well, you know, when you uh, called me an OG, uh, old, and it's true, man. I've been a fan since 70. That's a long time. You know, I'm an, I'm an older Cowboys fan, and we were spoiled uh, back in the past with Roger Staubach, uh, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo was a heck of a quarterback, right? Uh, Danny White. Danny White got them to three straight NFC championships. And if you remember, you know, with Tony Romo, they, they looked for a long time after Troy Aikman retired. They went through a number of quarterbacks. Right before they finally got Romo. So, um, you know, he's got 53 wins, right? Now, a lot of people say, well, they're against weak teams, and I'm the guy that says that any team, any win in the NFL is hard to come by, right? Now, he hasn't beaten the winning teams and the better teams when the the, uh, the money's on the line. Against San Francisco last uh, last year, a very disappointing finish with the run with 14 seconds left. Nobody is harder on their quarterbacks than Dallas Cowboy fans, right? Nobody. I mean, they expect yeah. uh, Danny White, right? Three straight NFL, uh, NFC championships isn't even in the ring of honor. With another team, he probably would be, right? So, I, 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 you know what? Until he's gone, that's my guy. I'm going to support him. That's, that's the guy that I'm going to say, well, he's not going anywhere, Van, with that contract, right? He's not going anywhere for at least two years. So, I have to hope that he's that guy. Uh, you know, they, they've had some, some subtractions. Uh, Amari Cooper no longer there, right? So we're going to have to see how it all plays out. And then people are on Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, who started out well last year, and then they kind of tanked at the, uh, at the end of the year. So I, I think there's a lot of questions coming into the season. Do you think Dak is a product of his own talent and ability or, be sur- or he's just surrounded by above-average pieces and he might be the one that's not letting him go to the next level. He's a fourth-round pick out of Mississippi State, right? So I remember watching him in preseason that year when uh, he was he's a rookie, and I thought, hey, you know what? He he uh, he looked good. He looked he looked good. I never thought he was going to come in and be a starter. And then Tony Romo got hurt, and you know he broke uh, some bones in his back, and he and then Dak went on that streak. And you can't take a quarterback out. I don't care what anyone says. You cannot take a quarterback out that has a 12-game win streak. There's no way any team is going to do that. Um, a lot of people say that that things have to be perfect for him for him to succeed. He had the big uh, the the gruesome ankle injury. He didn't run as much from the pocket last year, and I think uh, he was a little uh, gun shy about that. Who can blame him? Right. That uh, injury was one of the worst injuries I've ever seen. So um, I think we're going to see. You know, Cooper's gone, right? Amari Cooper's gone, and a lot of people were saying that last year. They had Ceedee Lamb, Cooper, Gallup. They they had everything they needed. They they said everybody said right. But, again, I go back to the offensive line and uh, the running game. They're behind the chains a lot, right? Second and 12, second and 13. Sure. A lot of penalties by that line, and I think that hurt that. But he's not that upper echelon quarterback. I think the most ratings rankings recently have him at number 10, and that's probably about where he belongs. He's not a, a Rodgers or a Burroughs or a McCombs yet. Um, and who knows if he will be. A lot of people are saying, well, 
he's going into his seventh year. And I hear a lot of Cowboy fans saying this, move on. Well, it's like, move on to what? To what? Cleveland has yeah. uh, gone to do 31 quarterbacks trying to get that one guy. And I'm just going to, you know what, Van, until Dak proves to me that he, you know, his contract's up, I've got I've to back him up. I've always done that as a Cowboy fan, whoever the quarterback is behind center. Yeah, I've got to back him up. And I, th- I think the Cowboys are overwhelming favorites in the East. You know, the the NFC West is going to be a gauntlet. Who knows who's coming out of there? The South, you know, the Bucks are the favorite. The North, the Packers are the favorite. But besides the Cowboys, the rest of the NFC East, anybody can rise up and contend. To me, it seems like all the Cowboys have to do to make the playoffs is beat up on their own division and win a couple games outside of that. That's been the key, right? That's been the issue with them. Again, though, Philadelphia improved. They improved. They were a playoff team. You don't expect them. I expect them to be better this year. Uh, the Washington Commanders, uh, you know, they've got uh, a new quarterback as well, um, Carson Wentz. I expect them to be better at some point, right? They've got the Giants uh, that seem to be the Giants, at least right now. You know, they've got some talent, too, but they haven't been able to turn it around. Uh, you remember the opening game last year at Tampa Bay. They had they had that game won, and, you know, a couple missed uh, extra points by the kicker. Um, they just didn't get it done, and, and that's going to be the key. A lot of people are saying this, uh, Cowboy fans, myself included, you're beating up your own division, but you can't beat other winning teams. That's not a formula for advancing very sure. far in the playoffs. I and mean, if you think about it, Van, three uh, playoff wins in the last 26 years, that pretty much tells you the story of where Dallas has been, you know, uh, since, again, uh, you know, I, I, uh, since 1995, uh, last Super Bowl appearance, three playoff wins since then pretty much tells you where they've been. What's going on in the Western New Mexico world with you coming up? You know, uh, we've, uh, we're going to be out there. Uh, I signed up to, uh, this is my third year, to be the voice of Western New Mexico. And uh, they football team are opening open to their September 6th against Adams State. Uh, volleyball, we're going to have a volleyball tournament starting there the 24th, uh, running through the 27th. So, um, you know, the football team last year, 1-10, under coach, uh, new coach Philip B. Hill. But he recruited some uh, some some big linemen, and he you know he's very excited about the season. I'll tell you, I've said this to anybody that's listening about uh, Western New Mexico. They play in the Lone Star Conference, and that conference is a beast. It really is. They Texas A and M Kingsville, uh, UT Permian, um, uh, Texas A and M Commerce. Those Texas teams uh, have got a little bit more recruiting budget. Uh, they, they've got some bigger uh, players as far as um, you know on the line, and I think that's the key to me. Can Western New Mexico improve on the line of scrimmage? Their defensive line last year wasn't bad at all. They did a good job, and their linebackers did a good job. Their offensive line, they had a lot of guys that they had to convert from defensive tackle to offensive line. It was Coach B. Hill's first season. He jumped in in May of last year, so it's his first recruiting class. So, uh, you know, I understand the uh, basketball team signed some uh, some players on both the men and women's side, and uh, volleyball head coach Holly Watts also signed some taller blockers at the net is what Western needed, and they really did. They've got some good players, but those blockers at the net are really important, uh, man, you know that. So, um, you're looking forward to it. I'm on the road quite a bit, and sometimes, I, I, uh, you know, I'll probably do this year and then maybe another year, and then uh, it might be time to hang them, man. It's, uh, sometimes it gets lonely uh, on the road at a, in a hotel on a Friday afternoon by yourself yeah. and you don't have your family and uh you know like you mentioned i'm an og old dude man and uh sometimes i might have to uh, step aside and let someone else do it i sure am still having fun ed nunez voice of western new mexico and host of the sports sports desk on proview networks how did the friends of the show see you on proview 
We're on uh, Comcast Channel 26 on Tuesdays, 11.30 a.m., or also streamed on Facebook uh, on Tuesdays at 11.30 a.m. We've had some really good guests lately, and I'm uh, having a great time with the show. Ed Nunez, the official Cowboys expert for Two Men On, right here on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Thanks for being a friend, and thanks for being a friend of the show. Can't wait to talk to you next time. Van, thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a great show. Take care. When we get back, Lobo legend and GM of the TBT New Mexico teams, Brandon Mason, joins us. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You're tuned in to Two Men On, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. I believe Lobo legend and TBT general manager, Brandon Mason... Might not have service as he's on his way to Las Cruces to oh, check in on the competition. Pandemaniac. Waiting for him to call in. If not, lucky for you, you got me, Van Nunley, <laughs> and across the glass, the lovely and talented Amory Castillo. Woo! Woo! So there were protesters at the Tour de France. <laughs> I mean, aren't there protesters every year at the Tour de France? I I am unaware if there has been. What what were they lovely protesting today? So they were this year. They're protesting climate change. Wait, do they protest every year? Is this was that? I a think joke? Fr- France protests everything every year. So I mean, first off, good for them. You know, we have a democratic a democratic process that people don't often use as much as they should. Some big moments in history, sure, notwithstanding. But France goes hard on their protesting. Like, they're constantly out in the streets for something. Good for them for having a voice and using their uh, democratic privilege. But the protesters got in the way of the race and were knocking knocking cyclists over. Oh, my God. And so many people blocked the, the tour that they had to stop the race momentarily. And you would think if they're protesting climate change... They don't want these bikers out in the sun any longer than they have to be, right? Like, let these guys, let the guy ride their bikes, then go back in the shade or go back inside. If the climate is so bad, don't force these skinny European white people Riding to be in the sun. bikes that are good for the environment, too. Yes. Bikes are good for the environment. Protest NASCAR. <laughs> okay, these guys are on bikes. They are helping right now. Uh, okay, so this group of protesters, their quote was, nonviolent disruption is our last chance to be heard and avoid the worst consequences of global warming. And they're, they're not wrong. I'm not saying I don't support people who support climate change. We can always do better. And I appreciate it if you think so too, loyal listener. But they're riding bikes. This is probably one of your demands. It's responsible. Right? Don't you want more people to ride bikes? There's dozens of dudes riding bikes. These guys are helpers. Do the same thing in NASCAR. Get your cardboard sign and then run out onto the Daytona 500 and try to stop that race. Dang. That will get some media th- attention. I don't think they'll win that. That, that will get your attention right there. I don't there. think they'll win that one, Van. No, I agree. I think they will fail miserably. So, I mean, I'm so conflicted here. Like, number one, good for you. You have a cause. 
You're doing your part to help the world be a better place. Number two, they're on bikes. They're outside. They're not littering. They're not driving a car. They're not, they don't have like a factory farm of cows. These guys are on bicycles already. Like they're doing, they're doing their part to help out the world. Uh, yeah. And so they were at around 36 kilometers from the finish, which I'm not good with metrics, but they were at this, I don't know the different stages in the Tour de France, but they were during the 10th stage of the race, which seems pretty important and crucial. <laughs> Maybe the climax of the race. I don't know what it is, but these pictures are awful. But this is yeah. how they think they're going to be heard for a climate crisis. And, I, hey, again, I'll say it over and over again. They're doing their democratic responsibility. Good for them. Uh, I think that's a crazy it's story. It's a small group, too. But I think an even crazier small story. <laughs> Do you remember Channing Crowder? <laughs> uh No. Okay, Channing Crowder. Well, I did because of our pre-meeting. Because, yes, yes, of course. Anyways, yeah. yes. Before our production meeting, did you remember I, Channing I, Crowder? I haven't. He hasn't been on my mind. Okay, he was like a super stud linebacker for Florida State. And, played five years with the Dolphins in between 05 and 10. Right. And that just happened to be the stage that Nick Saban had his turn to try to ruin the Dolphins. Which he did. Congratulations, Nick. You set the Dolphins back another decade. Well played. So Channing Crowder was a linebacker, drafted in 2005. And then during the training camp, you know they have like the rookie show, the rookie hazing or whatever. So, you know, you've heard of like the famous story of um, Jamarcus Russell, like refused to sing or dance or or do a, a a moment from Shakespeare. He just brought a bag of five grand and started making it rain on all the other rookies. That was his rookie show. Channing Crowder had probably an even better idea than Jamarcus Russell. What Channing Crowder did was he got some strippers to show up to the rookie show and he started like having lap dances for everyone. And this is where it gets super interesting because the coach at the time, like we said, was Nick Saban. And he told the stripper to go give Nick Saban a little dance. <laughs> and apparently all she was wearing was panties or whatever, uh, you know, kind of resembles panties for mm -hmm. a dancer. Yes. You know, I, I don't know what they call it. I don't know stripper terminology. Stripper accoutrement, if you will. I'm not sure what that is. But apparently she had her boobs out and all she had on was panties. And then where she was going to give Nick Saban a lap dance and he allegedly grabbed her by the hips, pushed her away, got out of his chair and ran up the stairs and didn't come back to the rest of the meeting. <laughs> that, I'm, pr I'm pretty me, impressed. I mean, he ran away from that stripper harder than he ran away from his responsibilities as coach of the Miami Dolphins. Oh man, <laughs> I I don't know if I'm surprised or not. I'm I'm not surprised actually. He's a very business guy, you know what I mean? Very routine guy. I mean, I, he was there though at the rookie show night, whatever you want to call it. Are you surprised by this fan? Well, I mean, a little bit. Like not um. I believe Brandon Mason from the TBT tournament is joining us now. 
We're going to talk some TBT tournament. We're going to talk some Lobo basketball and uh, get him on. We good to go? Welcome to the program, Lobo legend, GM of the TBT New Mexico, Brandon Mason. What's happening, my guy? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's talk. Uh, we're a little behind, so let's just jump right into it. We got an amazing matchup in between alumni from the Lobos and alumni from the Aggies. That is going down this coming Monday at 8 o'clock at the pit. How big of a deal is this for Albuquerque and New Mexico? I think it's I think it's extremely huge when you can have ESPN and Puma and all these different pros coming in from out of state, but also by them selecting us to come here because of the venue and the fans and everything that New Mexico has to offer. It says a lot about the the community, the universities, and everything that's been going on on for years, and expecting you know to go forward for years to come. So hopefully we can continue to build on this, and it just grows into something huge. So, so how's the rivalry in between these guys? Because a lot of these guys all played against each other. Because you have a bunch of different ages on both teams and different classes and different different eras for the Lobos and the Aggies. Is that rivalry still there, or is it just a bunch of the dudes going out and hooping? Well, of course the rivalry is still there. Uh, they all remember each other when they played. I had a barbecue last night, and Darius Gary was talking about how good Jamar Young, J.Y., was when he played against him. You know, so And he was like, man, I can't wait to get back on the court with some of these guys and yada, yada, yada. But one thing we have to remember, it's not an alumni game. They're playing for a chance to win a million dollars. You can only imagine how hard they're going to play. And it's on national television. It's on ESPNU. So when something like that is, is is you have a lot at stake, it's they're getting in shape. There's practices. It's it's a lot of seriousness behind it, and um, they're going to play with pride and um, represent their universities. So you, are you going to stay in suit and tie, just be the GM? Or are you going to get out on the court too? Definitely going to stay off to the side. Because, <laughs> you know, I've, 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 I'm, right now I'm down in Las Cruces. With the uh, with the uh, with the Panamaniacs, because I have to get them rolling with some stuff, and then I'm driving back tonight, um, and then I have to get back to practice tomorrow for the enchantment. And so, um, I'm I'm kind of like I'm I'm running kind of both sides and trying to make sure that everybody has what their their needs are, but I can't lean either way, and I don't want to sit on the bench or give information or do anything and just let the coaches. That's why I pick certain coaches and players, and so it could be you know a really good atmosphere and really good game. The Panamaniacs and the Enchanted play each other at the pit this coming Monday at 8 o'clock as the last game in a quadruple header. A lot of basketball going down at the pit on Monday. So who's who's coaching these teams? Well, um, for the Enchantment, we have Kenny Thomas, who's a Lobo legend. Yep. Um, and then I reached, I reached out to a friend of mine, Jerome Robinson, who was on staff there for three years while I was coaching there during the Paul Weir era who's a really good coach. Um, so he adds a piece. Um, Dave Chiodi, who who's a former player there, and he coaches in town as well with some youth organizations, and he does a really good job. Um, and Jay Hill, um, who's who's probably one of the best trainers and developers in New Mexico up there in, in Albuquerque. And then 
uh, down here and, and down south with the Panamaniacs, I, I got Mario Mocha, the AD, who's the heart and soul of, you know, the university being a former baseball player and, you know, it, him bringing, you know, being the face and just the, the everything for this team in the first year. I thought he'd be a good selection. And then Preston Laird was the associate head coach who was on staff here when Pascal Siakam played here during that era. Um, he coaches at Arkansas Little Rock right now. And I added some other pieces like Billy Keys and Mike Nanez and William Benjamin, um, Keith Roberts, um, Justin Tabor, guys like that who was around the program in really good eras that could really give something back to these to these guys and that they would respect. So the Enchanted has a lot of the greats from the last decade or so playing on the team. <clears throat> I was there in person last year uh, for the scrimmage, uh, and that was a lot of fun. I could I can't wait to see it stepped up to the next level and having the actual tournament here. Going to be some great basketball being played at the pit next week. There's a really cool story on the Enchanted that we haven't given enough attention to on the show. But what is it like for Scott Bamforth to be able to join all of his uh, other Albuquerque and Lobo ballers? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good feel for him. You know, he he never played at New Mexico. You know, he's New Mexico born, played at Del Norte High School. Um, for him to be able to be this far in his professional career playing at the highest level and being able to bring that back um, and, and have his 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 family and friends and everybody come watch him. And I mean, I think it's, he's really taking it, taking it all in and enjoying the process and because he's played at a high level, but nobody's been able to see it because he's been overseas playing, you know, such a high level and made a lot of money and doing a lot. But, you know, he, he went to practice the last few days. And when I tell you, he is an amazing player. He was on that NBA cusp very easily. So we're lucky to have him on that team and on that roster. And Kenny Thomas is so excited to have him. He said, Mace, you might be GM of the year for that pickup. <laughs> oh, nice. Really excited to be there. I will be there in person. Um, let's just rattle this off real quick, Amory. You ready for this? J.R. Giddens, Roman Martinez, Darius Gary, Philip McDonald, Darian Hobson, Jamal Fenton, Drew Gordon, Pancake Thomas, Joe Fersinger, Elijah Brown, Anthony Mathis, and the just aforementioned Scott Bamforth. If you're a Lobo fan, this is priority number one to get out there and watch these guys ball against the hated rival Panamaniacs. How, do, uh, how does a loyal listener, how does the friend of the show get tickets to this? Oh, well, you can go to golobos.com. You can buy the, uh, the, the, all the passes, which is, I think, $50, and you can go watch every game because there's going to be some high-level basketball. But then you can also buy Session 2 um, tickets to come watch our game, which is the, the showcase game at night at 8 p.m., and I think those are either 14 or $18. So you can buy a single ticket in and go watch both of the, the nightcap games as well. Um, so go lobos.com and you can go right there, click on the TBT matchups and you can purchase right there very easily. I appreciate having you on. Good luck on Monday. And hey, is this really a four versus five matchup? I feel like the, the standings were juiced a little bit to get these guys to play each other in the first round. Who's behind this? Is this your work? No, it's definitely not my work, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's the matchup that our players are happy to have and they want it. You know, it doesn't matter when the matchup is, if it's first or second or championship. I mean, at the end of the day, they're coming from overseas and other states and different things, and why not come play against your rival uh, team and give everything you got right away? So I think it's, uh, it's a good thing.
It's a good thing. I'm not behind it, though. I'm not behind it. <laughs> it's not your brainchild. Hey, really appreciate <laughs> you joining us, Brandon. Uh, loyal listener, friend of the show. Make sure you get out to the pit next week and support the basketball tournament. going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Brandon Mason, thanks once again for joining us. We'll be talking to you soon. Okay. Thank you. When we get back, Brandon Mason's buddy, Jeff Grammer, joins us. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, The Sports Animal. Welcome back, Duke City. Thanks for Brandon Mason joining us, talking about the basketball tournament. At the pit next week. Really excited for that. I love when big events come to Albuquerque. We may be sports adjacent here, but I love me some Albuquerque sports, especially big events, especially when you get to fill out the pit. And have some fun with it. Joining us now, Albuquerque Journal's Jeff Grammer. Not only with the Albuquerque Journal, also Chili Race and La Bamba enthusiast. What's happening, my dude? Not a whole lot, man. What's going on with you? Nothing, man. Just talking sports and sports-adjacent content on a special Van and Friends episode of Two Men On. We just had your buddy, Brandon Mason, on talking about TBT. Are you going to be there on Monday? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there Monday. I'm actually going to head out to one of, the, one of the practices here tonight. He's um, Mason's down in Crucis, right? Yeah, he's down in Crucis right now. He's double-dipping. So, he is double-dipping, and he is... He is the guy who set up both teams, so good for him. But he is um, not really welcome anymore on the, the group chats for the teams anymore, from what I'm told. So he's uh, he may be the guy that set all this up, and all the players and coaches are talking to one another on these group chats and they get Zoom calls to you know set up practice times and all this stuff because these guys are all over not just the country but the world right now. Um, and uh, Brandon right now is pretty much uh, the guy get as the game gets closer that nobody's trusting anymore on either team. Go, go, why? You think he's like shaving points off both sides? What do you think he's orchestrating this? I don't this? know. Like, all I know is he hangs up with uh, with the Enchantment and the Lobo former Lobo players, and then he gets on the phone with the former Aggie players. Uh, there, there's some nervous people now. Is is uh, Brandon is playing playing uh, kind of playing both both games right now, playing both teams right now. Uh, let's start. Let's talk a little Lobo basketball. Hard segue here. Um, I want to start with the top because I really love what the Lobos have done with their basketball program, with their uh, football program, getting Coach Danny Gonzalez and Coach Richard Patino. Do you have the same level of faith and anticipation that I do about Coach Patino? Well, uh, I mean, look, I, I'll be honest with you. Everybody in this town wanted Craig Neal about nine years ago to the point where they didn't even do a search because there was so much pressure from fans put on the regents and then the university president that they just hired the guy everybody wanted and everybody was excited. That was a failure. Then they hired Paul Weir um, four years later. Some people liked him, some people didn't. Turned out four years later he's gone. The Patino hire kind of surprised a lot of people, so I think it took a while for fans and people around the university to get used to him. Um, As far as whether or not it's going to work, I I think he – out of those two, certainly has far more experience than either one of those coaches had as a head coach. And you can tell so far, I'll tell you this, you can tell so far in how he's running 
going into year two, how he's running the program compared to the previous two coaches. Now, Steve Alford before Craig Neal, um, we're talking three coaches again, or three coaches ago now. Right. He had head coach experience. You could tell he was running the program different. Patino's running the program different from the start, just like Alford did, because he has that head coaching experience. So I do think there's a lot of there's a big difference in what the previous two coaches did. Some big additions in the off season for the Lobos. Their 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 biggest weakness last year, it felt, was height was size, was defense down low, and they got some big additions. How big are these additions going to be for next year's incantation of Lobo basketball? Look, they, I, don't know, I don't know if they're going to go win the Mountain West or anything, but they addressed every need they, they had. Like if, if you were to list the top four or five kind of priorities that they had going into this offseason, adding strength in the front court was one of them. Because they have a six foot eleven guy in Brima Sec. The problem is he's six eleven, weighs about one ninety, has no strength. They have a very athletic power forward in Jay Allen Tovar, who's about six seven or I'm sorry, six nine, maybe sit pushing six ten, can jump out of the gym, but he can't stop anybody physically. He he's one of the weaker players on the entire roster. So they had some height. They had no strength whatsoever. They had a freshman, Sebastian Forsling, who had some strength, but is still kind of catching up to the speed of the game. So the two guys they added in the front court, Josiah Alec, a transfer from UMKC, and Morris Uzezi from uh, Wichita State, those are two, the, they, they automatically are the two strongest guys. The day they joined the roster, the two strongest guys on the roster. And Morris Uzezi is one of the strongest players probably in the last decade for the Lobos at least. Um, he is very strong. So strength, they're not going to get bullied anymore in the front court. Um, they, they may still have some other issues that they're going to have to face, but strength was the number one issue, and they, they addressed that in a big way. More Lobo talk and more NBA basketball talk with Jeff Grammer of the Albuquerque Journal when we get back. I'm going to spend a special shout-out to New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We love the product that they give to the New Mexico community, and we love everything they do for the New Mexico community. Make sure, just like Two Men On, you start your mornings with New Mexico Pinon Coffee, New Mexico's coffee. More Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. If you're just getting off work, congratulations, you made it through another one. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610 D Sports Animal. And Two Men On would not be here without our friends and partners and sponsors in the community. One being your local YMCA. The boys start their days at the YMCA. The facilities are fantastic. The people are fantastic. And everything that they do for the community is fantastic. Special shout out to the YMCA. Joining us again... As we didn't have enough time for him last segment, it's unfair just giving four and a half minutes to this legend, Jeff Grammer of the Albuquerque Journal, joining us. Before the break, you mentioned the big men on Lobo basketball. And my favorite, the guy who has a special place in my heart, is Sebastian, the Swedish street ball, Forsling. And he really just hasn't grown in to his size. He really hasn't grown into the hand-eye coordination it takes to play basketball at this level. But are you with me to think that he has all the tools and we might see something special here? Yeah, No, I'm on board with... So, so here's kind of what's changed in college basketball the last several years is you don't see 
the development of players very much anymore because partly because of the transfer portal, partly because schools fire coaches after three years, maybe four. Um, you don't take the time to wait on a kid two or three years down the road like you used to. Um, TBT's in town. You know, there's a guy on yeah. that roster for the Enchantment who's playing at a, a good level overseas right now who probably wasn't ready to play until his senior, junior and senior year for the Lobos and Joe Firstinger. Um, you saw Cameron Bersto, a Lobo legend who got drafted by the Chicago Bulls, right. wasn't ready freshman year, developed into one of the strongest, biggest, strongest players um, that the Lobos have had in, in a really long time. But it's because you used to be able to wait a couple of years for a player to develop into that. Sebastian fits that mold. He's a guy that, you know, a couple of years, maybe five years ago in college basketball, nobody would think much of what he looked like on the court last year. Now there are some people who saw him play, and, and they may like him. You like him. I like him. I think he's going to develop into something pretty good. But there are other people who saw him and said, oh, he can't play at this level. What are, what are they doing? Yeah. Well, it's because he's a freshman. And he's an international freshman. They play a much different style of basketball overseas than the physical game they play in the United States. So I think Sebastian Forsling is going to be just fine. Um, He was just forced into a much bigger role than he ever imagined he was going to be in um, last year when when the Lobos entered the season losing one center before the season even started. They lost another center um, 12 games into the season when he transferred. And then the guy they moved into the center spot, Emmanuel Quatch, broke his leg the first game he started in early January. So then you're left with basically Sebastian Forsling, a freshman who thought he was going to redshirt, being your only center on the team. So I think he's going to develop into something pretty good. Um, I do think that this year the best thing going for him is that those two big guys they got as transfers can eat up the bulk of the minutes. And his role isn't going to be the you're our only big man kind of role. It's going to be, hey, go get your 15, 20 minutes. And uh, it's kind of as a secondary role. Now he gets to develop, and, and I like him. I like his future. Friends of the show already know that I am an Albuquerque sports homer. Whatever's going on in Albuquerque, I will make sure to highlight and give it all the praise that it deserves. One of those things being basketball at the pit, especially the backcourt that the Lobos are going to run with next year. Can you tell the loyal listener how special this backcourt is, and we might not see one this good for a while? Yeah, look, the the transfers they came, that came in last year that both made third-team all-league, and Jamal Mashburn Jr. transferred from Minnesota, and Jalen House, the guy who came in from Arizona State, um, had big names, uh, but neither one of them had huge roles at their previous school. So there was while there was excitement, there was a little bit of, okay, we, we got to see if they can do it as the lead guys. Well, both of them did it as the lead guys last year. They They were um, arguably the best backcourt last year in the conference. Um, they were probably, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, I don't know who else is going to be in contention with them to be the best backcourt in the conference this year. So they're probably the best returning backcourt. Um, they're the second highest scoring duo in the backcourt. Wyoming returns their two leading scorers who averaged a little bit more than House and Mashburn, but one of them's a big man. Um, so anyway, I, I think the Lobos have exactly what they want in their two starters. But what makes their backcourt probably even more impressive going into this season, and and the reason there is some optimism building around this program, that won six games two years ago, only 13 games this past season, but now has a chance to maybe flirt with contending in the Mountain West for a championship in in just a quick two-year turnaround for Patino, is that they have a backup in K.J. Jenkins who would start for a whole lot of Mountain West teams, and they have a freshman in Donovan Dent, who was Mr. California, the, the best player in California, who 
would start as a freshman on a whole lot of teams. Those are going to be your two backup guards. And while that that's four undersized guards that are between six foot and six foot three, and some teams have guards who are six five, six six. Mm-hmm. Those are four really dynamic undersized guards. They're they put pressure on opposing defenses. Like you know, sometimes sometimes you hope for one guard that can put the kind of pressure and attack the opposing defense the way all four of these guards are able to do. So they do have something going in the backcourt, and uh, I, I think that there's a reason, and and justifiably so for a lot of optimism about this backcourt. The only obvious knock is, is that they're a little bit small, but, man, they can score. They really can. Who is your – or who do you predict will be the most improved player next year? Who's the guy that Lobo fan might not see coming? Well, so I – by saying they don't see him coming, I think he's been a favorite for two years now. Um, in uh, Javante Johnson is a guy who I think fan, Lobo fans – Two years ago when they didn't even play here, people liked him because he came with so much um, kind of hype out of Colorado Springs as a freshman. Uh, he, he even started some games as a freshman in Paul Weir's last year. Last year he started every game. He had a couple big games, but then he would follow them up with like zero-point games where he didn't even take a shot. He wasn't being necessarily assertive enough and take, making his own shots. They weren't always doing a good enough job getting him involved. I think he's the guy that this year, going into his third year as a Lobo, his second year as a full-time starter at the three spot, I think he's the guy that's going to find a comfort that he hasn't had yet, where you're not going to see any game again where he doesn't at least attempt a few shots. He's going to be aggressive, and he has the talent, and, and frankly, he has quite a bit of strength, too, where he can play and cause matchup problems for opposing teams. He doesn't have to play the big man position that he wasn't like he played last year. He doesn't have to play the guard position like sometimes he had to two years ago because he's not really a guard. He's a three. He's a wing, and he can play that position now, and he, he's not going to be out of position playing against bigger guys or smaller guys. He's going to be going against guys that are his size, and he's going to be in the comfort zone this year that I think will afford him the luxury of, of probably averaging close to double digits, and, and he might be the third leading scorer on this team next year. Jeff Grammer of the Albuquerque Journal joining us. I got a, I got a question about one of your favorite things. I got a fun fact about your other favorite thing. Question first, have you charted all of the chili races? Is there like a, a dominant favorite, whether it's red, green, taco, or salsa? Is there is there a, a trend emerging? First of all, yes. Uh, there, there's a chart actually in the, in the Isotopes press box that keeps track of every chili race. And what I want to say to that is taco used to be the hands-down – favorite like not only the fan favorite everybody cheered for him but he won most of the time and now which doesn't make sense because he's not aerodynamic well i've been i've been hyping him up for a couple years now and all of a sudden now i think the fix is in and i i don't know what's going on if there's performance enhancing drugs going on or what it is a little msg for some of these other food items but this year taco is by far i think or, or a distant third maybe even fourth behind I think both chili peppers, red and green, have are ahead of him, and I think salsa jar might even be ahead of him, which makes no sense to me at all. Salsa jar should not be in the conversation. We all love salsa, but not as a running mascot. Yeah, I think you're right. Like the salsa jar is more of like a like a David Wells, Bartolo Cologne type to me. Like he's a yep. a niche athlete, not really the running type. Here, let me that, do. That's what I'm saying. So when I'm at the Topes game, which I often am. We usually bet a beer on the chili race. And I'll tell you my secret 
to betting on the chili race is whoever has the nicest athletic shoes. That's who I choose. So, is that a good strategy? It, it actually is. You're, you're not alone. So the apparently, and I don't believe this, but some people subscribe to this notion that maybe there's people in those mascots. In, what? In these uniforms. That's insane. Tacos is own thing. Yeah, I know. But there is some people in the press box who seem to think that there's actual people in there, and the the ones with the with the best tennis shoes or sneakers might be some coworkers that they sometimes know, so they can actually identify <laughs> when they see them come out based on their shoes, and they know. And I think that's highly unfair. But um, if you subscribe to that, go for it. I do think it's probably a safe bet, but I, I don't know what they're talking about. I mean, Taco is his own thing. Taco is not. Um, and I keep saying his. I don't know. It's a gender neutral taco. I don't know if it's a, a he or she is a they. Taco is very much a, it, its own thing. And I don't I don't know what, what this whole you know. There's somebody in the outfit kind of thing that they have going on. It's not like a like all dogs or boys, all cats or girls kind of thing. Like all green is a dude, all red is a lady. Like they're they're all they them unisex characters. They are. I, I think they are until I mean look. I, I could be wrong on this, and, and I've never looked, but, like, you know, I, as far as I know, I think they are very much a, a group of gender-neutral running mascots. Fair enough. Fun fact for you, I played poker with your favorite character from your favorite movie. I bluffed Richie Valens off of Pocket Jack's about five years ago, and, of course, I didn't bluff the real Richie Valens, as he is very old and very deceased, but I played poker with Lou Dam and Phillips, and I uh, bluffed him off a of jacks with trash hand. So there's a little fun fact for La Bamba for you. Where was this? Uh, Sandia Casino. Lou Diamond Phillips was yeah. shooting some kind of movie up north. Okay. Um, yeah, so Lou Diamond Phillips, obviously, um, of Richie Valens fame, and that kind of made his career as he is credited often. But uh, he... If he's not a poker player, I'm okay with that because he already gave me everything I need from him when he made that movie, the best movie <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Jeff Grammer, the Albuquerque Journal. How do the friends of the show follow you? At Jeff Grammer on Twitter. I'm on it way too much, but uh, I'll respond. you got something to say or something to ask, I'll, I'll spend way too much time on Twitter, at Jeff Grammer. Thanks for being a friend, and thanks for being a friend of the show, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. When we get back... KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega joins us. More sports-adjacent content on Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Amory, you ever go to Hollow Spirits? They are really good friends of mine. You, uh, I, I was doing a... I've done comedy there often. That's what I was about to say. You do shows there mm-hmm, sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're, they're just really good friends of mine. When I first moved back to Albuquerque, they welcomed me with open arms, and they're just awesome. And they, if you haven't been, go. A hundred percent go. I'm not just saying this because they pay us, which they do. <laughs> but I love Hell of Spirits even before we started this relationship together. Great food, great drinks, great service. And they always got a cool event going on there. Yeah, very Whether unique. Amory's comedy nights mm-hmm. or Van and Fred's New Mexico United watch parties, whatever they got going on, they do it well, and I it's like, a lot of good times. I also like how they're always switching up their menu and their drinks too. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, they take it very seriously. It's a very unique place. It's cool. 
it's 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 my for me it's like the perfect gray area in between like pinkies out too nice and then just like cheers Right. It's like yeah, the perfect middle ground of like really good food and, and drink, a lot of really ladies, inviting atmosphere. A lot of ladies go there, so fellas, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> go swipe in real life. Speaking of swiping, I swiped right on this guy. <laughs> back to back to back, New Mexico Sportscaster of the Year, a star of TV and radio, KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega. What's happening, my guy? Hey, buddy. So is right the good way? That's or the good one. Left the good way. Yeah, I've never been on that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I know you've been sure. in, you've been in love for the better part of a decade and just oh, married. Just, uh, oh, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, well, I and mean, then even back back in the day when uh, when the single life was happening, didn't do the Tinder stuff. Like A. Marie said, you swipe in real life. That's the way to go. For sure, it's I call it. I swiped right on my husband. <laughs> really? Are you guys a? Uh, we an, met on Bumble. An app couple? A Bumble couple? Yeah, they give you a free bottle of champagne when you get married. No way. Not, just FYI. All right. But thank you, Brandon. Who should I fake marry to get free dude, champagne? for real, dude. Yeah. Uh, Brandon? Wait, no, that's illegal. He's already married. Never mind. Hey, Brandon, I got caught up on the Marvel Universe. I'm ready to go watch Thor. Do you want to go watch it again? I'll go watch it again. Julian will go watch it again, too. Yeah, for sure. Let's rock. Let's do a pencil me in for this weekend sometime. Let's go watch it. Thor, Love, and Thunder. Let's do it. So I'm a big Tiaka Watiti homer. Whatever he does, I'm in love with, so I'm really excited. Yeah, Tyke is the man. He's on fire. Every, and I was just watching what we do in the shadows last night. Love brand it. New season. New so, season just came yeah. out, right? It just did. That is a unpaid advertisement for Tiaka Watiti. Check out his stuff. Uh, so you did a really cool story, or am doing a cool story, on Andrea Howard of UNM Softball. Tell the friends of the show about that. Well, we're running a story tonight on how she has been nominated on behalf of UNM as the NCAA Woman of the Year. What? Um, that's a short story we're running tonight. Um, but she was also in the Olympics last year with with Italy's softball team, and she was the home run queen, the new home run queen of UNM softball. I mean, when it comes to softball, it, it, she is regarded as the best UNM softball player of all time, just wrapped up her career. But, yeah, today the story is NCAA Woman of the Year. She is one of the nominees on behalf of UNM. And that's basically an award that goes to a student athlete that's getting it done on the field, off the field. She just finished her uh, bachelor's degree in, in uh, working towards uh, studying medicine. Um, she's just had the, the list of her accomplishments you could talk about for hours. And, uh, yeah, she's a... Uh, just uh, Albuquerque's uh, shining star, La Cueva grad, Albuquerque native, had a most decorated career at UNM ever for the softball team. So yeah, she's uh, she's one of the best of all time. That's really cool. What what's the do you know the criteria for NCAA Woman of the Year? Is this a mix of athletics and academics and community service? How does this work? Yeah, it, it's all of the above exactly. And Andrea was not only an all-conference softball player, and, and nominated to be an All-American. She was an academic first-team All-American multiple times during her softball career. So, yeah, a person that's gotten it, got it done on the field, off the field, in the community. During the heart of the pandemic, she was doing COVID research and uh, just getting in the nitty-gritty of studying medicine and figuring out she wants to be a doctor or do something else. So she's she's still a 
yeah, beginning her, her medical career as we speak. So shout out to Andrea for another recognition. She hasn't played a softball game in months, and the recognition keep keep calling in for her. A beautiful, genius, talented, Italian, New Mexican softball star. Only if I had a time machine, I would go back in time and totally strike out with her. <laughs> what else you got you going swiped, on? You would have swiped right. Yeah, I would have swiped right and then got dissed on the first date because I can't hold a candle <laughs> to how gorgeous yeah, and talented so, and amazing she is. So we'll be talking about Andrea Howard tonight. We'll be talking about uh, TBT, the basketball tournament yeah. coming to uh, to New Mexico in the pit on Monday. It tips off on Monday. Ryan Berryman is in the athletic department. A, a, uh, I want to say his exact title is a long one. Uh, director of Athletics for Business Operations. Associate Athletic Director of Biz- Business Operations. A New Mexico native, grew up in the East Mountains, then went to school at UNM, got a bachelor's degree, two master's degrees, Worked for the Lobo basketball team for seven years, then jumped into the athletic department. Uh, You talk about someone else that got it done on and off the field, too. Uh, Someone within the athletic department doing great things. And, yeah, now the co-general manager during the summer of the Enchantment. And he's been a big part of organizing all of this work that goes into hosting a regional, whether it be helping his team, helping the other teams uh, find a hotel to stay at, getting local organizations to to work for the event. Uh, yeah, he's someone that's been doing a lot of great work over the years, so we'll, we'll talk with him tonight about TBT and how excited he is to have it in town. What's going on with your Lakers? Are they going to get Kyrie? And as a Lakers fan, do you even want Kyrie? I don't really want him. <laughs> I, I Look, he's one of the best point guards currently in the NBA, but there's something to be said about all the turmoil that comes with him. Everywhere he's been, doesn't matter if it's the Cavs, Celtics, now the Nets, he can't get his stuff together when it comes to being a a team player. And you can say what you want about vaccinations, and you can say what you want about taking time off for personal reasons. Um, He's never been a team-first guy, and I want team-first players. And... Russell Westbrook is way more of a team-first player than Kyrie Irving, so I'd like to stick with Russ Westbrook one more season to see how that goes. It obviously went up in flames last year, but we didn't have Anthony Davis for the majority of last season, so I don't think you really get a a real look at what Russ Westbrook could be with the Lakers without playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis for the majority of the season. I would like to see Kyrie there because I think – LeBron's biggest accomplishment was winning a championship in Cleveland, not only with Cleveland, but he had the head case that was Kevin Love and then the the mega multi-giant head case that is Kyrie Irving. I don't think he gets enough credit for having Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving and managing that locker room and winning a championship with them. I think he gets plenty of credit. (laughs) I think uh, that was an an amazing accomplishment, arguably the most meaningful championship he has won in his career, winning two with the Heat, one with the Cavs, one with the Lakers. Yeah, the one with the Lakers was in the bubble, but someone had to win it, and the Lakers ended up winning it. So, yeah, but, but, I mean, back on Kyrie, yes, he's one of the best players in the league, but I want a team-first guy, and – 
I want to see who else they're going to bring in. If, even if you have Kyrie, even if you have Russell Westbrook, who else do, are they bringing in? That's what I'm just as concerned about as, as if anything, because it takes a deep roster to win a championship. It takes a good bench. It takes a good number five, number six guy uh, contributing. So they got to fill the roster out with, with a lot of other good players that are just at least going to embrace roles. They don't have to be superstar players. You just got to bring in people that can play a good role. KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega, thanks for being a friend, and thanks for being a friend of the show. How do the loyal listeners follow you? Yeah, KOB.com slash sports. We'll be posting lots of new local content tonight. Uh, at Brandega on Twitter. I try to tweet as much as I can about work, but I'm mostly tweeting about my four-year-old son. Uh, and I uh, just running around Albuquerque having fun. So that's what we do on social media. And, uh, hey, always a pleasure being on with you, man. Let's hit the link soon, and let's uh, get me caught up on the Marvel Universe. Let's watch some Thor soon. Anytime. Let's do it. KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega. When we come back, New Mexico United's David Carl. More sports and sports-adjacent content on Two Men On. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program. It's a Fredless Thursday. Fred Slow is on assignment. Colorado Springs, Colorado. He'll be back with us on Monday. Tomorrow, catch the boys. Van Nunley and Robert Buck D. Gibson live from Hollow Spirits. If you haven't been to Hollow Spirits, I uh, highly recommend you check it out. Great food, great drink. And the boys will be there tomorrow. From 4P to 7P, and then we'll be hanging out after. Hey, uh, DC says the line is broke. Can you, like, let me, let me see. Clear it out and let, him, on, let him back in? Joining us shortly is David Carl, New Mexico United. Having some tech diffs, but hey, nothing super producer A. Marie Castillo can't handle. So we were talking to Brandon Ortega last segment. And okay, yeah, DC, try to call back. I'm going to text you too. Brandon Ortega was saying that as a Lakers fan, he doesn't want Kyrie on the team. He thinks he'll be a cancer to the team, cancer to the locker room. And the Lakers' biggest downfall last year wasn't personnel, it was health. I'm figuring out what's going on here. He said, I think there's something wrong with the line. He said, Someone hung up and. Okay, now let's try it again. I am not in the boat. I think you put the talented, the most talented people on the floor, period, and then go from there and do your best to manage their personalities. Because obviously Kyrie Irving is a head case. Obviously Ben Simmons is a head case. But you want the most talented people on the court, and then you deal with it internally. Hopefully a leader like LeBron James could help a situation like that. He's already done it before, so I actually think it would be a good fit. A good fit in my world is fitting in David Carl, the New Mexico United, onto this program. Welcome to the show, buddy, buddy. Van, how are you, man? Peachy, Peachy, having a fun time. A lot of good guests today on Van and Friends. Uh, so the United won three to nothing last night, right? Uh, two to one was the final score. It depends on, on who's keeping one, but, uh, score, but the United scored all the goals. 
<laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, we played FC Tulsa yesterday. Uh, we scored three goals. They scored none, but uh, unfortunately, one of those two goals was in our net. Fortunately, we scored more in their net than we did in our own, though. <laughs> that's that's a really important part of the game. United is on quite the amazing streak right now. Do you feel like you may never lose again? Uh, I'm not going to tempt fate by replying to that in any sort of way. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I will say it's been a good run uh, thus so far, uh, you know, United have only lost one time in the last nine matches. That's the best run in the USL championship. Uh, you know, moved up into uh, fourth place in the Western Conference. And with that, uh, several matches in hand on the teams that they're chasing. So plenty of opportunities to hop ahead of them. And, you know, right now, if the season were to end today, New Mexico United would host a playoff match for the first time in history. That is amazing. I would love to see the lab just drenched in black and yellow for a home playoff game. I could only imagine how raucous Rio Grande Credit Union Field, Isotope Stadium, a.k.a. the Lab, a.k.a. temporary New Mexico United's home, would be on a playoff game. Speaking of playoff games, what do we got left? 14 matches? Uh, we've got 16 left. 16 so we left. We just got past the halfway point okay. of the season. And we've got, uh, of those 14, excuse me, of those 16, rather, eight of them are at home. So plenty of matches left uh, to get to at the lab, including Saturday night, which is the biggest night of the season, the regular season, uh, which is Meow Wolf night. Should be a lot of fun. Oh, that is going to be so much fun. What What's going into uh, Meow Wolf night? What's, what's the special accoutrement? What are the special promotions? Yeah, so a whole bunch of really great stuff. Among them, uh, kind of the biggest draw of Meow Wolf Night every single year um, is probably the costume contest. You have all of these fans, these incredible, creative New Mexicans who come together and create their own costumes, uh, and there's some pretty high stakes on that. Um, the winner of the costume contest wins a round-trip ticket to Las Vegas, to Meow Wolf um, in Las Vegas, so that covers your flight, it covers your tickets into Omega Mart, and it also covers your tickets to New Mexico United versus Las Vegas Lights in Vegas in October. So that's the grand prize. We have lots of people who participate. It's a lot of fun. Uh, big tailgate that goes on out there as well with everybody in costumes, having a great time, having some adult beverages and some great food. Um, and then in addition to that, you know, the Meow Wolf jersey, that's the that's one of the big ones, too. So every year, New Mexico United puts out um, a different Meow Wolf jersey. This one just came out uh, a couple days ago. Actually, yesterday it just came out. It'll go on sale for the first time tomorrow. It's this incredible jersey. We're calling it the Portals jersey with metallic. Uh, so it's black and white are the two different variations. But within each of those two variations, there's metallic blue and purple and silver. And it's, it's a really cool looking jersey so those will go on sale tomorrow at five o'clock at the team store um for the for folks who want to have it for the match uh, i imagine they're going to go pretty quickly they're a very limited edition but uh but those will be on sale tomorrow at 5 p.m as always need to save me a schmedium new jersey i need a i Next need a new kit you, buddy. i need to get some shorts is what i need i got all these cool shirts you know, and just, jerseys i need some shorts, some shorts man too. You know, in, in England, if you're the person who wears the the jersey and the shorts together, the matching shorts, they call you a full-kit wanker. Full-kit wanker? I, I've been called all kinds of wankers, but never a full-kit wanker before, so I'm going to add that to my it's list. an opportunity for you. 
Hey, so back to the product on the pitch. It seems like in this amazing streak that United has going, and you know, friends of the show, loyal listeners, if you don't know, New Mexico United is playing some amazing football right now. And what I appreciate about it is there's like a, a next man up culture. You're not doing it with the same 11 every week. You have a rich roster of people who contribute on all sides of the game. What's the key to the success here? Yeah, I mean, I think that depth is a huge thing, right? In years past, we've had, you know, some really talented players, and it's been really great, and we've, you know, had some success. But something that head coach Zach Prince in his first year this year wanted to really, and it's really been preaching is kind of that next man up mentality that you talked about there, right? So, you know, when we're in a situation like we're in right now, where we have five matches over the course of of, uh, 20, of 15 days, excuse me, of 25 days, um, so it's, I'm, no, it's five matches in 15 days. I apologize. Um, we are we're going into our fifth match in 15 days. You got to have some rotation. You got to yeah. have some depth, or you're going to be in trouble. Um, so you know, last night was a great example of that. You saw a couple players um, in you know Radiavuka, for example, um, who hasn't gotten a ton of time. He came in and provided the most important pass of the match. Um, Mike Azira on that same pass, takes that pass from Avuka um, and crosses the ball across, uh, just a beautiful one-time cross across the front of goal. And, you know, then Alexi Swahi gets his first goal of the season, the defender, the center back, who's not necessarily known for his goal scoring. He gets the goal. Um, you know, three guys who ne- haven't necessarily been up front in that way, they combine to make it happen. It's it's a lot of, you know, next man up mentality. It's a lot of strength and a lot of, I think, New Mexican toughness, and it's pretty cool to see. We love the product on the field, but here at Two Men On, what we really love that New Mexico United does is what you guys do in the community. Somos Unidos Foundation and everything that goes around the, the foundation, we just will sing at the mountaintop and support everything you do. What does the foundation have going on in the community? How can friends of the show support what's going on yeah absolutely last week was foundation night the game last saturday night at the lab and we were really excited about that the big announcement that came at halftime on the field was the gala the ball is what we're going to be calling it you know we'll play on words there soccer ball um so it's a gala that new mexico united is going to be running uh, in september and it's going to be Unlike kind of any gal that you've probably ever been to, the the theme there is kind of multiversal chic, if you will. Um, So going to be a little bit weird, but a lot of fun. So great food, um, you know, great opportunity uh, to really support the foundation. The goal is to raise enough money to uh, support uh, the entire year of the foundation. So something that we're really excited about, and people can get their tickets uh, right now if they go to theballnm.com. Anything we didn't mention, Mr. Carl? A uh, big one. A big one you didn't mention, Van. Uh, New Mexico United announces a brand-new signing today. Romario Williams, the forward from Jamaica, goal-scoring forward, has more than 50 goals to his name. He's a bit of a USL championship legend. He joins United today. Uh, he's going to get to get to work in training, and we're excited to see him, see him do that. Uh, what's your guess? What do you think he's going to be on the pitch? Uh, he'll be, I mean, he'll play striker. Um, and, oh, as far as a when, mm, my guess is probably about a week. Okay. That would be my guess. I'm hoping to see him in Detroit, but that'll be up to coaching staff and Zach and see what they think. David Carl, the New Mexico United, thanks for being a friend, and thanks for being a friend of the show. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Have a good one, man. You too, brother. When we get back, KRQE's very own A Way Better Van, Van Tate. 
You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We're running behind, Amory. Cut the music. I don't know if our next guest knows this, but Two Men On got voted second best show starring a guy named Van. This is a true story. (laughs) On the program now, KRQE's very own Van Tate. What's happening, my guy? Hey man, what's going on, man? When you said "Hey Marie," I was I was thinking next I was going to hear this one thing that got me tripping. <laughs> Do you know "Hey Marie," the one-hit wonder R&B singer? Oh, yeah. hey Marie, man, Do you remember her? That's you, Van. I remember you, her. I get told all the time. Yeah, uh, I was thinking she was going to go na 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 They do that in the song. <laughs> We're talking a little New Mexico fight night with KRQE's very own Van Tate. Michelle Watterson is getting down this weekend. Got a big match um, coming up on Saturday. What's a, what's her what's her chances here? Is she going to keep the streak going? We'll see, man. I, I, you know, she she needs to win. Um, uh, it'd be nice for her to get that because you know, like she's still trying to work her way up to contending for a title and, and uh, uh, Amanda Lemos is somebody that she's very well familiar with because Lemos used to train here at Jackson and Wink. Right. And so that's going to be interesting to see how that goes, how that shakes out. But, but Michelle seems focused. I mean, she's, she's a good sign is that she seems really loose. I don't know if you saw the Instagram post she had when she was just like an old lady and she had her daughter dancing with her. And, oh, man, it was a hoot. So I mean, she she seems to be in the right spirits of not taking herself too seriously, just like let's let's go. With a record of eighteen and nine, six and five in the UFC, uh, the karate hottie. What is what is like her doing well mean to Albuquerque in New Mexico? Well, her doing well is just another face to put on the combat map, because you know, like back in the day, you know when you. You, you had all these these fighters coming out of New Mexico, Bobby Foster, Johnny Tapia, Danny Romero, you know, on the boxing side of things. And then MMA, our very own Holly Holm and, and uh, John Jones deciding to train out of here. You know, like you, you've got a reputation. Diego Sanchez, you can't leave him out. You know, as Diego said in his own words, he's the conquistador of uh, the, the boxing legends, the fighting <laughs> legends. But it, you can't leave him out. And, and so um, – there, there's um, there's some history here, so she would just be another person to to, um, to add uh, 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 something else to it because this, there's definitely a, a lot of uh, on the resume. So she she would just enhance it. So Michelle was out for 14 months, and like to her, like she kind of thought that she might never come back, but that fire, you know, just didn't go away, and here she is. Again, like, can you talk a little bit about her resilience? Yeah, she, you know, that's how she is. I mean, even if you watch her fight, if she ever gets in trouble, she is, it's like she gathers herself and gets back to it. She, she had a, a pretty uh, uh, career threatening injury, which she, she's uh, still to this day keeps it undisclosed. Um, but, it, you know, for her to even mention that it was career threatening, you know, it's real serious. And just to just to have the mentality, to have the mental capability to come back from something that's career threatening, you know that you got to trust yourself again, no matter what the injury was, whether you the knee or arm or whatever it is, you got to trust that it's going to work 
once it gets repaired like it used to. And that's kind of hard to do, man. You know, like if you're coming back from an ankle injury or whatever, you, when you first take off running, you're not running full speed. You're kind of like, uh, can I trust you? So so um, that says a lot about her, her spirit of fight and how she wants to continue her career, her resiliency. Austin, no doubt, Trout, the king of Las Cruces, also fighting tomorrow, all the way in Germany. Is this yeah. like like the biggest home field advantage you can have as a fighter is making your opponent travel all the way across the world? Well, uh, Flor- Florin Cardos is the guy. He's fighting the Romanian fighter. And, uh, you know, Trout has that, uh, that I, th- I believe he's on the second or third fight of a six-fight deal that he signed uh, where he's, he's fighting for legacy and they, and they have those fights. Like either the, one of them was in Dubai and this one's uh, Germany. Um but you know, like you go, you go where they send you. If you you're under contract, sure. you have to be where where the fight goes. And and um, the uh, Cardos is actually uh, a secondary fighter as far as uh, the original plan had him fighting Mike Supan, and um, and that I guess uh, Supan injured himself or something didn't work out, and uh, Cardos was put in. So in Austin, uh, he seems like. He, he, you know, he's saying all the right things. He just seems like he's really feeling good. His body had a chance to heal because he's been off for a little bit, and then, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's he hasn't been as active as he has been like in the past, where he'd have a fight, you know, every so often, where it was it was consistent. But um, but he, at the age of thirty six, he still feels like he can get in title contention and and fight for a belt because. You know, he's the former WBA light middleweight champion, and uh, he's ranked 10th right now by the IBF. So, so he's in um, he's in the in a ballpark. I, I knew Austin in my days in Las Cruces, and, and Van, excuse me, were up against it right here. He okay. fights at 156, but he don't walk around at no 156. This dude, no, no, no. Anything else you're covering? Anything else you got going on, Van? Before we let you go. Hey man, you guys need to go uh, check or go to our website and check out Shane Dumas Sanchez. He's in he's in the sports office this week, man. He's talking about you know he went to that Bengals basketball camp and he's been there the two years prior. And he's always had a solid showing and and uh, the kid could you know that kid hit threes like crazy. You know he's going to probably turn it out for Del Norte like he always does. His, this is his final senior season. We talked about all of that and about um, and about you know like him trying to get to the next level trying to get to college krqe's very own van tate the man in the streets in albuquerque the best in the business thanks for being a friend and thanks for being a friend of the show check out the krqe website and everything van covers uh we're hitting the top of the hour so we gotta run you're listening to two men on on 95.9 fm and am 610 the sports animal what it is duke city two hours in the books one hour to go you're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610 D Sports Animal. Special Van and Friends episode. Big shout out to all our guests so far. Ed Nudez of Western New Mexico University and ProView Networks. Brandon Mason, everything New Mexico basketball. Talking about TBT. Jeff Grammer, the Albuquerque Journal. KOB-TV's very own Brandon Ortega. David Carl of New Mexico United. And you heard last segment... KRQE's Van Tate talking about some local fighters you need to keep an eye on this weekend. Coming up next segment, 
We got Voice the Gladiators and ProView Network, Sebastian Noel. We're going to talk some NBA basketball with Izzy Gonzalez. And of course, as always, before the Topes games, we got Voice the Isotopes, Josh Sushan in our last segment. But now it's time for me and a friend to talk a little baseball. A little baseball. On the other side of the glass, super producer, amazing stand-up comedian, and all-around just above-average human being. Oh, thank you. Just decent. From the bullpen. Just decent AF. A. Marie <laughs> Castillo, thanks for doing everything today and I, letting me <laughs> scream at a microphone. Uh, I, it's fun. I like being pulled out of the bullpen to come to the afternoon. It's different. I've been here at all different times of the day now, and it's just fun any time of the day. You know, Amory, I don't you you've been getting to know me a little better mm-hmm. over the last year or so yes. since you got back in the biz. Mm-hmm. You got back to Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. You know I love me some baseball. You yes. You know I love me some beer. Yes. And you know I love me a good time. I mean, who doesn't? And I think I have been outdone by this gentleman who at a Kansas City <laughs> Uh, Kansas, I went. I just had a little brain fart here. Kansas City Royals baseball game ate one hot dog every half inning at Dollar Dog Night. And loyal listener, friend of the show, I don't know if you're a math guy, but that's 18 hot dogs in about three hours. I mean... I, one, want to see this person, and two, I mean, it's not like the Coney Island hot dog eating contest. Was he trying to break a record or something, or like what was going on? And I need to know, were there condiments involved, or was he doing that weird thing? Have you seen the thing where people like dip it in their beer? Yes. Yes, I, yes, yes. I, I don't understand, but yeah. um, that's pretty impressive. I think the the dipping, whether it be like water or Gatorade or beer or whatever, it's to break down the carbohydrates in the bun. Oh boy! Yeah, so because you you don't use all your saliva, mm. breaking down all the bread, so you can keep producing saliva oh. to swallow this insane amount of hot dogs. That's why people do the dipping. But he's not a professional eater. Mm. But uh, his name's Jack Shaw. That's expensive too. <laughs> Oh, luckily it was Dollar Dog Night. <laughs> I know, but still. And he can't, I mean, he can't be a... bucks. I don't think he could probably even buy beer yet. I was going to say, like, you need to, like, lube yourself up with a couple beers and use some beers to wash him down. But this kid looks 12. He looks like friggin' 12 years old, and he's smashing these dogs over and over again. So I think he's going to set a new standard. This is going to be like on TikTok and Instagram and you know all the other whatever people way younger and cooler than me use on their phone websites. But a dog every half inning for nine innings, see if you can like survive. <laughs> so it looks like at the seventh inning stretch – which at that point would have been 15 dogs. He looked like he was dying. I, I'm, I'm sure he was sweating. Oh, I see it now. The meat sweats? Yes. Yeah, the I meat mean, sweats are even a, a friggin' real thing. Like, come on, as a teenager, I could throw back some food. You know, one of my uh, I could eat favorite, like a whole pizza. I'm sure you know this guy. One of my favorite stand-up comedians, Doug Stanhope, mm-hmm. said, you know how... You drink so much of one liquor that you can never drink it oh, again. Oh, yes. That's how he's going to quit drinking one alcohol at a time. 
Mine's Jameson. Yours Jameson? You went too hard on Jameson one night? Uh, in my 20s. I was just like, in my bartending days, I just, I can't even smell it. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I, even if someone offered me, and I don't, you know, who turns down free booze no matter what? I'm not bougie. But I cannot even fathom, like, the, I can't even look at it. Yeah, and I'm the same way. And I did this, you know, uh, statute of limitations uh, is how already lapsed. But I did this as like a 15-year-old Bacardi Limon one night. And I was Aww. just like, I was just like throwing up that gross Bacardi Limon. Like the way it smells like gross and citrusy and fake. That's the way it tastes. And it tastes worse on the way up, obviously. So I ruined Bacardi Limon for myself. And the reason I bring this up is this kid, unless like he gets an endorsement deal or something, he'll probably never be able to eat a hot dog again. Yeah, I, I don't know. And let's just let's add on this little fact, okay? I know in the in AAA and stuff right now we got the pace of play, but for this game it was two hours and forty four minutes, which is like a fast paced game. Yeah. So that that adds even more to it. But I guess you don't want to slow down your pace, so it's probably easier to eat at a faster pace and like slow down and get full. I don't know, but that's crazy. Yeah, I th- and he's like I said, I'll say it again. Like he's not a competitive eater. Like this isn't like what he does. Like he's just not there showing off his chops for like TikTok votes. He's like thought of the idea mm-hmm. and said, "Bro, I can do it." His bro said, bro, no, you can't. Oh, and you then know that's he what said, happened. watch me do it. On $18? 18 bucks. If you're going to get yourself sick, at least you did it for less than 20 bucks. Totally. Because I was going to say, dang. Could you imagine? Ugh. So kudos to uh, Jake Hot Shaw. Kid. Jack Shaw. Yeah, Jack Shaw, which, I mean, is that like the new superhero name? I guess. That sounds like a superhero pseudonym, like... Captain America, I told, a.k.a. Jack Shaw. I told you, too, the other adult, I guess, challenge, maybe he stole it from our superhero here, from uh, Jack Shaw. If you can have one hot dog and one beer for nine innings. Most dudes can't do it. They, like, start throwing up on TikTok and stuff. Yeah, uh, I, w- I would be into that one. Because <laughs> I know for a fact I can handle nine beers. <laughs> the problem for me would be like, getting those nine oh, dogs yeah, down. Yeah, especially because like, you don't eat meat. Well, yeah, I mean, they got besides that. Yeah, they got veggie dogs like at all the stadiums, but that's just that's so much food. Like even like a lot. The casing, like hot dog casings, or like even veggie dog casings, like they're not made out of you know pig intestines, like real hot dogs are. Yeah, like it's just like this fake skin. Nine. That would definitely nine beer challenge. Yeah, just give me like, can I just like eat some food before the game and then do the (laughs) nine beer challenge? That I'd be down for. That's a pricey one right there. Also, like you got to like escort me out, by the way. Cause <laughs> when I get out of that chair, it's not going to be pretty. No, absolutely not. Also, what's the like the rules? What's the criteria here? Like, can you have a catheter? Like, can you have like uh, depends on? Do you have adult diapers on? Because that's a lot of liquid. You know how you can get cut off from like alcohol. I wonder if they'll cut you off from food. Oh, good point. You know what I mean? Like most time they're like, all right, buddy, you've had enough. Yeah. What is it? Is it, I forget, what's the isotopes cut off? Is it four dogs? A, no, it's six dogs a trip. Really? You can get six dogs a trip. Are, are you serious? Yes. You can only get six dogs a you trip? Got, yeah. I can understand maybe like two beers a trip. I know that's usually the rule in Albuquerque, like two drinks Yeah. per. 
Yeah, that's yeah leg- legally like that's how much alcohol you can carry around. But on fifty cent dog night, because we're AAA, you can get six at a time. You can't take more than that. So you'd have to have like an assistant. You'd have to have a friend like going to concessions and back procuring your next rounds of hot dogs. Because I think if you're sitting there like eating that much, you don't have time to get up, right? Like you need yeah. an assistant. Oof. You need an accomplice. You Oof. need you need a friggin' enabler to do this hot dog challenge. Yeah. By the way, like, are you super down? Like, <laughs> should we do the nine beer challenge can do, sometime? Can I do the nine beer but not nine hot dog? Yeah. I'll probably need some hot dogs after nine beers. Yeah, but... before and after, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Before I get in that Uber. Or like uh, some hot dogs before and then like something horrible after, like Taco Bell oh. or like Allsup's burritos after oh, because oh my God. you're going to be so hammered after nine God. beers. And it's not like nine 12 ounce Bud Light. <laughs> They're like 20, 22 ounce ballpark beers. So maybe it's like, one those of those are significant. Ending. Yeah, one of those ending would be crazy. All right, I'm down. But if I'm actually drinking at the ballpark, i.e., Rio Grande Credit uh, Union Field, aka Isotope Stadium, aka the Lab, I am drinking watermelon walk-off or mariachi margarita or blueberry lavender lemonade or grapefruit hibiscus lemonade. Because these pre-made canned cocktails, not only are they friggin' delicious, they are the best bang for the buck at Isotope Stadium for t- ten or twelve bucks, however much it costs. You get a 12-ounce cocktail, and it's got two shots of vodka in it. So that's basically two mixed drinks in one. So whenever I'm at the lab, I'm drinking watermelon walk-off by Teller Vodka, New Mexico's vodka. When we get back, one of my favorite guests and one of my favorite dudes in the Albuquerque sports landscape, voice of the Duke City Gladiators and ProView Network, Sebastian Noel joins us on the program Stoked for this one. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. It's a Fredless Thursday. Fred Slow is out on assignment doing some RMAC biz out in Colorado Springs, Colorado. He'll be back with us Monday. Make sure you check out the boys tomorrow live at Hollow Spirits from 4 to 7. Myself, Van Nunley, and Robert Buck D. Gibson will be at Hollow Spirits. Come take advantage of some drink specials that are only there when the boys are there. And don't miss New Mexico United watch parties at Hollow Spirits every time your New Mexico United is on the road. A team that's not on the road on Saturday is your Duke City Gladiators, and joining us right now is the voice of the Gladiators and voice of ProView Network's friend in real life, friend of the show, Sebastian Noel. What's happening, guy? Hey, I'm uh, excited to be with you. Since A. Marie is here, does this make the show award-winning adjacent? Oh! You're exactly right. Man of the people. (laughs) That is right. Bingo. Bing bong. Hey, a, a little uh, little break the fourth wall here, a little behind-the-scenes stuff here. Nothing that's going to incriminate you, Sebastian, I promise. But Sebastian Noel is my favorite contributor to the show. Not only is he amazing on air, but what I really appreciate, Sebastian, is you're basically a ghostwriter for me and Fred. 
like sending us those hot takes behind the scenes and not allowing us to say them on air. Like, I really appreciate what you do behind the scenes. Like you're a, you're like a Batman, like just flying through the dark and helping your community. And you do a great job of filtering out the ones that I definitely could never be associated with. A hundred percent. I appreciate that you guys never read my name on some of those. Yep. So you guys always take care of your boy. And you do a good job of filtering them, cleaning them up. I mean, you know, uh, you guys do a great job with that. Yeah, we're pretty good at, like, taking other people's art and punching it up a bit. I had a, I had a teacher in college, a, a creative writing teacher, and he said, good writers borrow, great writers steal. So thank you for letting me steal from you, Sebastian. Yeah, if you guys wanted to torpedo my career and reputation, you, you could just drop my name by some of the stuff I sent you, and I appreciate that you don't do it. Or I, or I could just, like, send the police screenshots of our text threads. I mean, there's also that. <laughs> yeah, there is that. That's true. Your Duke City Gladiators have a home match, the last match of the year, on Saturday at the Rio Rancho Event Center. They've already guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. Will a win on Saturday affect the standings? Well, you know, in football we call them games, so I need you to get out of United mode for this conversation. Uh, but there is a slight, slight <laughs> chance that we could move up to the third spot. It, it would take a, a win from us, and it would take Tucson beating the Bay Area Panthers, the one-win Bay Area Panthers, and then we would move up to the three seed. But the likelihood of that happening is uh, kind of a, kind of akin to – Fred Slow beating Bob Costas for a sports Emmy. Like, it's not going to uh, Unlikely is what you're saying. Yes. If you, so if you, if you like long spot. odds, that's your bet. Yeah, if you're, if you're a little amateur gambler, Emery, looking at you, you know, that would be the long shot to throw in the parlay. Also, is there a chance that Arizona and Northern Arizona can flip-flop and we might be seeing a different opponent the first week of the playoffs? I just no, I don't see that happening. And we're going to get the Rattlers. That's that's going to be the one four matchup for sure. So that's the matchup. Uh, and I know the Gladiators had a press conference today, and a lot of the guys are already starting some some Rattlers talk, right? Yeah. So that's kind of tells you how little this weekend's game means in the standings. They're already kind of getting uh, themselves ready to, to finally beat the Rattlers in the first time in history. Yeah, contributor to two men on an offensive lineman of the Duke City Gladiators, uh, Jordan Mosley, is already hungry for a little rattlesnake. He wants some fried rattlesnake on his plate and come home winners in two weeks. Well, he just really hates uh, the Rattlers head coach, Kevin Guy. And, well, who doesn't really, right? I mean, I think on. everyone except for his mom and maybe his mom hates him. Yeah, no, I mean, there's. Just, you know, just ask around in the IFL. Who, do, who doesn't hate Kevin Guy? So what's the key to the matchup this weekend? How do the boys leave with a W and get ready for the playoffs? Well, you know, one thing that's going to be a little tough is, uh, you know, and I know they didn't talk about it at all today, but the, the team did uh, release Delo Davis this week. So it's the end of an era here in Albuquerque. So I did want to mention that because Delo is obviously the leading receiver in franchise history. He's the best receiver in the league, and this looks like it's going to be the end of the Delo Davis era. But it being said, I think the key to victory, uh, Jared Elmore touched on it during the press conference today, is they got to clean up special teams, and they've been working on it a lot. So when they've played Arizona and when they've played Northern Arizona, the two big 
guns in the Western Conference, that special teams has been just not good. There's no sugarcoating it. And Jared talked about that at the press conference today, and they've really been working on it. If they can clean that up, I think they're good to go. They'll, they'll beat this Northern Arizona team. They got off to a big lead against them last time they played, and then, you know, some special teams blunders in the second half, and, you know, we, we, we know how that ended. So a two-parter here, uh, rookie quarterback Ramon Atkins. It seems like he's got his sea legs, right? And then follow up with that, like how big uh, did it help his improvement to have a legend like Nate Davis helping him through the process? You can't call Ramon a rookie anymore because he is leading this league in passing yards and the learning curve. I mean, wow, just amazing. You know, literally the game, it, it took him about a game and a half, and then you could see, okay, He's comfortable, and I did not anticipate that. And if any coach is being honest with you, I don't think they would have anticipated that. So to see Ramon just grasp this game so quickly, it's just been amazing. And I'm sure a huge part of that has to be because of Nate Davis being right there, you know, teaching him the way and as a mentor and as a friend. But, you know, credit all credit to Ramon. I mean, you know, you got to put in a lot of extra work to be ready that quickly and to look that comfortable that quickly. And obviously Ramona has done that. Check out your Duke City Gladiators this Saturday at the Rio Rancho Event Center, last home game. Well, there's chances there might be another one. But pretty much uh, last home game of the year this year. Uh, support your dudes on their way out of the regular season and get them hyped up and ready for the playoffs. If you don't have tickets yet, I'll tell you what, you can come to Hollow Spirits tomorrow, and we'll have a stack of tickets for you, friend of the show and loyal listener. Sebastian, Braves homer, biggest Braves homer I know. The two biggest all-star snubs to me was ex-Brave Freddie Freeman and current Brave Austin Riley. How did they get jacked? Yeah, I mean, Austin Riley, that's that's a big one. You know, I mean, yeah, that's just... That's that one's a little baffling to me, and I, I don't. That other guy you mentioned, I don't know who's that. I don't. I don't recall that. Uh, and Matt <laughs> Olson obviously has been having a great season, but uh, that other guy, you know, when you don't have Braves Nation behind you anymore, those votes don't add up as quickly as they used to. Yeah, it looks like just like showing up to the game, the Los Angeles Dodgers voters were late to the contest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Freddie's had a nice season over there. I mean, if we're being honest. And uh, yeah, that, that's 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 an all star if there's ever been one. But yeah, there, you know, there's a few snubs in each league, but uh, Austin Riley that that was a big one. So besides the New York Yankees, who are world beaters, and besides my beloved cheating ass Astros, your Atlanta Braves might be the best team in baseball the last month since the last time we spoke. They went from about ten games back to now two-and-a-half games back, and now they're leading the wild card by five-and-a-half games. What's been the key to their surge? Well, you know, unlike those other two teams that you mentioned, you know, we, we draft and develop them, right? No uh. bringing trash cans in the background, no uh, going deep into the luxury tax. You know, just young, young talent, being able to lock up young talent, you know, with Acuna back in the lineup. I think, I mean, we're missing Ozzy Albies. I'm wondering if they're going to make a trade to replace Albies. But the pitching has been very good. Uh, they get Soroka back towards the end of the year. I mean, this is a good club. You know, this is a good club, even though they lost some pieces from the World Series team. Uh, I have a couple of friends that are Mets fans, and they 
begrudgingly. They know how this movie ends. The Mets will start <laughs> to down the stretch, and the Braves will again be the division champ. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, but it's also hard to argue that the New York Mets have been in first place, and they've done it without Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom. To me, that's scary. No one wants to play the Mets in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true, Van. But, you know, how many games have they played now? It's getting close to that time where players really start hating Buck Showalter, right? <laughs> yeah. So it, it'll happen. That is absolutely hilarious. Uh, anything else to hit us with before we're out of here, Sebastian? Well, you know, I do want to mention Van at the end there. Van Tate talked about uh, that interview he did on the on his uh, sports desk there with Shane Dumas Sanchez, and that is a really good interview. I, I had a chance to check it out today. Shane kind of talked about how when he walks into these gyms, he's this little scrawny six one kid. He's this Native American kid, right? So all these other top eighty players, they look at him and they're not impressed, right? They're like, "Oh, who's this kid?" And then he just uses that and it fuels him to cook them and you know it was a really really good interview that my friend uh, van tate there did with shane so if you haven't checked it out on the krq website i would just ditto his sentiments and definitely go check that out sebastian noel voice of the duke city gladiators and your ProView networks thanks for being a friend and thanks for being a friend of the show my dude all right guys hopefully i'll see you out there on saturday oh you know it i'll be there when we get back, NBA contributor Izzy Gonzalez joins us. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program, Albuquerque. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Special Van and Friends episode of Two Men On as Fred Slow is on assignment. Lucky for me, I got the super talented, super funny sports genius, A. Marie Castillo, on the other side of the glass. Thanks for having me today, Van. Absolutely. It is absolutely my honor. And just as honored as I am to have you on the other side of the glass, I am absolutely honored to have OG friend of the show, Izzy Gonzalez, your basketball insider, back on the program. What's happening, Izzy? How's it going? It's been a while. It has been a while. It wasn't it yeah, wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago that me and Fred were feeding you hot takes beak to beak like a proud mother roadrunner. Look how far I made it. I, <laughs> I literally became friends with her like today, Van. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Like we literally like got connected through sport women like women in media and we became like friends like today and then when you told me she was gonna be on the show oh how funny how Small weird is world. that <laughs> everything miss everything basketball your basketball insider izzy gonzalez are are you still up in the summer league you still over there in vegas hanging out no just got back just got um, back but yeah still following it but just got back so I believe you have some breaking news to share with the world, a little bum, 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 bum. Well, I didn't break them, but I'm sure um, most basketball fans by now have heard about um, DeAndre Ayton. So that's been kind of the biggest piece of free agency that was that we were all waiting to fall, and that happened today. So he did agree to the $133 million four-year max offer with the Indiana Pacers. Um, so that meant the Suns had 48 hours to match it, and if they didn't, then they would just have to let him go for nothing. 
So it was very expected that the Suns matched it, and they just did, like, 10 minutes before I got on the phone with you. So that's what's going on there. So DeAndre Ayton got a four-year max extension going back to the Suns. Uh, was this kind of expected from the beginning? Is this kind of like posturing in between general managers? Like, we know the Suns are going to give them a max contract. The Pacers are going to give them the max to drive up the bargain. Or is Phoenix always his home? What's your vibe? So, Aiden did, feel, um, did say really well with the Pacers. They are currently rebuilding. And if they had him, they were going to have a young backcourt. But he was going to be part of like that centerpiece of their rebuilding process, and he was going to be pairing pairing up pretty well with Tyrese um, Halliburton. But um, Phoenix also really wanted him, and the, the Suns have been looking good, you know, last season, the previous one too. So they kind of, you know, it made sense to keep him. He averaged seventeen point two points and ten point ten point two rebounds per game. He's been averaging double figures in both of those stats um, since like twenty eighteen. So he's a good one to keep for sure. And if they didn't match it, like I said, they just had to leave him for nothing. Um, so that was definitely expected. Um, they had 48 hours to do it, and they did it in a matter of hours. Please tell me what is going on with the Utah Jazz organization. They have two star players, two and a half star players, and they're competitive every year. One of the best centers in the league. Rudy Gobert is gone. You know, to be fair, they did get an amazing haul for him. But it's it's insane to me why you would blow it up when you're so successful. What's going on in Utah? I don't know. I think we're all wondering the same thing. Um, I think NBA offseason overall is, is just kind of wild. Um, but I was just to talk to you. I don't really have any inside information as to why they make their decisions, but... Yeah. Do you have any hot takes on that? Uh, you know, I don't. Like, are <laughs> they? Because they're obviously not trying to sell the organization, or they would keep their valuable pieces. You don't get, you don't blow it up and then put the team out on the market. So I don't know. Maybe they just <laughs> they have like a golden hey. opportunity here to get rid of two. I mean, I don't. What what position do you consider Donovan Mitchell? Like, he's a guard hybrid, but he's probably a top five shooting guard in the league. Rudy Gobert is a top five center in the league. I, I can't fathom why you would get rid of these guys unless you know there's an absolute coup coming and you're trying to get ahead of it. So me personally, I don't know. More in the rumor mill, Like, what do you, what do you honestly think is going to happen with the Brooklyn Nets and KD and Kyrie? Right. So just real quick on the Jazz. Like they sure. are open to trading all their veterans right now, so that's, we'll see how that goes. Um, but the Nets, that's another super messy situation. Um, but the rumors right now, um, obviously when KD first announced he wanted a trade, that was like huge. So every team was kind of calling, but there were not really any great offers. So at this point, he still has like four years left in his contract, which means the Nets really kind of have the upper hand here. They're not really in any rush to do anything. Um, if there's not a good offer. So at this point, um, we're kind of getting the feeling that they are considering just keeping Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irvine for next season. So that's kind of what's going on, unless there's a better offer. But when the news broke out about the trade, um, he just wanted um, a couple of teams. I think it was like the Suns in Miami, maybe. Um, those 
not really any offers by now. Even the Lakers at some point were considering having both of them, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irvine, but there was no way they were going to be able to put a good enough package for that. So at this point, what's expected to happen is that the Nets are likely going to keep them unless something else happens, you know, any other good offer. All right, Izzy, put on your GM hat real quick. As talented as Kyrie Irving is on the court, do you think it's worth acquiring a head case like that? He's done nothing but divide the locker room. He's never on the court. He can't make your team better because he's not there, and when he is there, he's a headache. Is his talent worth taking on the headache? I would think so, but it depends on the right fit. Um, I know at some point the Lakers were also just looking at him, even if Kevin Durant wasn't in there. Um, and we know how he's paired up with LeBron before. So at some point you have to kind of take that chance because he is very talented. And I think when he is in the right mental space, he will be successful. So I would take that chance, um, but I understand if someone wouldn't want to do it. I know the offers for him were in um, – like. He didn't have that many. Um, he's not the hottest player right now. Um, teams probably understand how difficult it could be to work with him. But, yeah, that's that's kind of where it's at. So you've been in Vegas at uh, the Summer League, and besides Chet Holmgren's coming out party in his first game, what really stood out to you and what you've seen so far? Uh, well, the main team I was following there were the Lakers because I was really interested in Scottie Pippen Jr., and Sharif O'Neal. Um, I think because of their father's names, they were really big expectations for them, but they are very different players from their dad. So it was just cool to see how they were playing against other NBA-level talent. Um, Scottie Pippen Jr., very impressive. He is a lot shorter than his dad is. He's 6'3", his dad's 6'8". Um, so he doesn't have that height, but he is very fast. He's good. Um, very impressive. Uh, Sharif O'Neal, he did not play as much even in the um, or in the California Classic. I think he averaged less than 10 minutes there. So there wasn't lots of expectation for him to play that much in Summer League. Um, but the first day, people were sort of trash-talking him on Twitter. You know, everyone compared him to his dad. Um, second game, he did a lot better. So I do think he has that talent. We have to remember that he went through, you know, some stuff with his heart. So that obviously set him back a little bit. But both are really fun players to watch. Um, also with the Lakers, Cole Slider was really impressive. Very good shooter, good handles. Devonta McCoy, also really good shooter. So the Lakers have a lot of awesome young talent there. And other than Lakers, I would say Paolo Ventero, obviously. I think we're all watching him. It was exciting. Um, and some Mountain West players, too. Um, Kata was really fun to watch. He kind of trashed back with Ventero a little bit. So that was awesome. David Roddy from um, Colorado State. Really talented too. He's kind of a crowd favorite now. So, yeah, lots of good players. It was it was cool. It was really cool. Well, we're I got one more for you. We're up against a break, so let's try to make it a quickie. So, from the 2022 NBA draft, I think you got three no doubt players at the top. So, who do you think is going to have the best career out of the first three picks? And then number two, who do you think was the steal of the draft? <sighs> that is really tough. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do think Paul Aventura was, you know, a great choice. Um, he has played kind of like, you know, what we expected. Um, kind of on that note, I guess, like, Ted Holmgren, people were kind of iffy on him, but I think he kind of proved that, yes, he can do it. Um, I know he's skinny, but he 
you know, it's just going to be a development thing. Um, the still of the draft. Um, I don't know yet. I think, well, Scotty Pippen wasn't drafted, but I would say he's a good one for the Lakers to have signed that two-way contract. Um, because, you know, going on drafted, that's sort of like he didn't get that chance. So I'm glad he did. He's definitely one that maybe could have been drafted. I don't know. Izzy, uh, NBA basketball insider, NCAA basketball insider. Thanks for uh, contributing to the program. Where can the friends of the show follow you? Uh, CBS Sports. Um, you can just click on my name and start looking at all my stories. I do lots of basketball, but I've done things like tennis, and I'm on the trending desk, so lots of random stuff. Um, and then on Twitter at C. Isabel G. All right, you heard it there, friends of the show. Follow Izzy Gonzalez. She is just a wealth of knowledge and talent in the basketball world. Uh, hey, good to talk to you again. We need to hang out soon. For sure, for sure. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Absolutely. When we get back, Voice of the Isotopes, Josh Sushan, you're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, sports sports animal we are live in the john lopez real estate and colwell banker legacy studio and we play on team i9 team i9 league office 280 your kiddos interested in sports interested in anything at all in the albuquerque community team i9 can help them they're the best at teaching they're the best at keeping your kids safe again that is i9sports.com league office 280 you can email at leagueoffice280 at i9sports.com or get out your old cellular telephone. Give them a call at 505-312-4999. Wrapping up a fun show today, special Van and Friends episode of Two Men On. Shout out to Ed Nunez of Western New Mexico and ProView Networks, Brandon Mason of the basketball tournament, Jeff Grammer, the ABQ Journal, Brandon Ortega of KOB-TV, David Carl, New Mexico United, Van Tate of KRQE, Sebastian Noel of the Duke City Gladiators and ProView Networks, Izzy Gonzalez, NBA Insider, and now friend of the show, friend in real life, frequent contributor, voice of the isotopes, Josh Sushan. What's happening, my guy? Saving the best for last. You I know see. it. You know it. Someone's got to close out the broadcast. In five minutes. <laughs> Bring in the closer. <laughs> hey, start playing. there's a pitch clock for this closing segment. <laughs> there, there is. We only got five minutes. Put, it's, hey, start playing Inner Sandman right now. <laughs> the closer's coming in. So, hey, there's not double-digit run-scoring games when you're at sea level. The dudes have been pitching out there in Sacramento. Yeah, we are 38 feet above sea level, not 3,800 feet, not 380 feet. We are 38 feet above sea level, and it's a much different game. It's a totally different game. It's a 5-2, to 5-4, to 5-3. to three. You feel like you get a couple of runs, and you're in the 6th or 7th inning, and you feel like you know, you've got this game in hand as long as, you, as long as you catch it the final few innings. It's totally different, and it's a uh, it's a nice welcome break after all the other high scoring games that we play, and it's good for the guys. You know, you got to learn how to play in every different type of um, you know atmosphere. Hey, real talk. Like I miss being at the lab. I miss you. I miss baseball being here in Albuquerque. Two weeks away is too long for me. Two and a half weeks, including the not all star break break. 
Oh, that's right. I got to tack on another four days. Great. Thanks yes. for reminding me. Well, so here's the thing. It all evens out, right? At the, at the end of the at the end of the season, we we play the same number of home games and the same number of road games. And there's always these quirks in the schedule where you're home a lot. I mean, the bad news is we're gone for two and a half weeks. The good news is we're home for nine days. We're gone for like the for six, and we're right back home for six. And then in September we have like twelve straight home games in a row. It all evens out, my friend. Oh, thank you. Well, I can't wait for you to be back. I miss me some time at the lab. You know how I love being up there. Who's uh, who's on the bump tonight? Who's in the lineup? Who's going to be uh, your big performers this evening? Sean Bouchard's back in the lineup. He is starting a rehab assignment. He's the guest for Isotopes on Deck. Just got finished talking with him. And so we discussed him getting called up to make his Major League debut and then three days later getting hurt and being sidelined for the last three weeks or so. So I'm excited to have Sean back with us. Now, here's the thing about streaks in the minor leagues. When you go to the major leagues and you come back, the, the streak restarts. Oh, yeah. So Sean Bouchard will restart a 26-game on base streak. And look, he was absolutely on fire when he got called up. I mean, it was ridiculous what he was doing to the league. And so now he's back, and we'll, we'll see if he can keep the streak going, and we'll see how long it takes for him to get right back up to the big leagues again. Rocky's first baseman and biggest steal of my fantasy draft, C.J. Uh, Crone, is going to be an all-star this year. But when that happens, sometimes you get some snubs. Los Angeles Dodgers star Freddie Freeman will not be an all-star despite being leading the league uh, in war in the first base position. Are there any other snubs this year that uh, stood out to you? Well, here's the thing about whoever gets snubbed. They always end up in the All-Star game. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody just decides they really don't want to show up, and they're going to pretend like they're hurt. Most of the time, their injuries are real. So for, for all the people who get snubbed, you know, there's only so many spots. And the rosters are already enormous. He'll end up on someone's. Look, I mean, CJ Cron hasn't played a lot lately, right? He got hit in the wrist. He, he might need a replacement. Someone else might need a replacement. He'll he'll be fine. Yeah, he's I think a. He's, Freeman's going to be fine. He, he's the replacement, and the replacement needs a replacement. So <laughs> Freddie Freeman r- might sneak in there. Uh, for me in the American League, it's Kevin Gaussman for the Blue Jays. He's literally leading the whole league in WAR, and he's not even one of the twelve best pitchers. Like this is insane to me. There's only so many spots, though, you know? So here's the other thing. Because every team needs at least one representative, that that affects who, who gets in, right? If you're if, if the only one who's somewhat worthy from your team is a pitcher, well, that's one less spot for Kevin Gossman. Yeah, I mean, good for Pittsburgh. They might not have had an all-star for the last 20 years if it wasn't for this rule. And I like this rule. <laughs> There's a lot of times as a kid when I was growing up in the Bay Area and – it's cool to see a guy from the Oakland A's on there. Even if you know in your heart he probably doesn't deserve to be there, it's still cool that there's at least one representative from every team. I like that rule. You know, look, it's an exhibition game. It's for the fans. I like that the fans vote for the starters. I like that there's at least one from every team. So when they line up and they go through everyone, and you're like, all right, that's 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 my guy. That's the guy for my team. This, team. Uh, is the expectation for Sean uh, to go back up after the rehab, or is he back in at AAA? It's, it's, well, I don't know, to be honest. My, my guess is that he's going to be—he's going to stay with us, right? Because he's been out for a while and he was barely there, and so I mean, they probably want him to be like on fire again, like like he was before, you know. I mean, look, just today, Josh, Josh, we're right up against it. We, we, right. we want to hear you talk more about this on the pregame show. I suck at time zones. When does it start? We start at seven twenty-five Mountain, six twenty-five 
here in Sacramento because they're going to do a 45 start time for Okay, 45 tonight. That means you get Josh Sushan in the pregame show, 25 after. Hey, good luck tonight for the boys. I'll be rooting for you, and we'll be talking to you tomorrow, Josh. All right, very good. Thanks, man. All right, thanks for all the special guests today. Thanks for all the contributors. Thanks for all the text, personal, and in Facebook Live and on the text line. And special thanks to A. Marie for joining and doing such an amazing job today. Can't wait to have you sit in again. I understand you're back next week. Okay, loyal listener, friends of the show, more A. Marie on Two Men On next week. Have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow, Burke.